Many people don't serve well, and therefore they don't sell well, because they haven't taken the time to identify specifically who they are designing their product or service to serve. And so the first step is being really clear on who is the customer that your product or service is built for. And if you don't have a really focused answer to that question that has detail to it and elaboration to it, you're going to struggle to sell effectively. Well, hey there, if we have not yet met, my name is Alex Judd. I'm the founder of Path for Growth, and this is the Path for Growth podcast. Now, as a business, we exist to help impact-driven leaders step into who they were created to be so that others benefit and God is glorified. And this podcast is just another iteration of how that mission comes to life. Today, we're recording part two of a two-part series on the topic of sales. And if you haven't listened to part one, it might be worthwhile to go and do that to get some of the foundational truths that really inform the way that we at Path for Growth think, practice, and train the topic of sales. And today, we're going to walk into really a very simple four-step process that I've used for years and years now, both whenever my job was more of a full-time sales role, but then also still today, anytime I'm thinking about sales for Path for Growth, but also anytime I'm thinking about leadership, because leadership in so many ways is sales, because leadership is taking people from here to there. And what do you have to do? You have to influence people in order to do that. That. And so what's so cool about this episode today is, yes, it applies to the topic of turning someone who's not a customer into being a customer, but it also applies to leadership in general. So it's in that light that I'd like to review just high level some of the principles that we talked about in episode one, because these really serve as the undergirding foundation for the process that I'm going to walk you through today here in part two. Number one, sales done properly is service. Why do businesses exist? To meet needs, solve problems, and serve people. And so sales does not have to be manipulation. It doesn't have to be twisting someone's arm. It doesn't have to be getting people to spend money they don't have to buy things they don't want or need. That's all toxic, slimy, selfish sales. And we don't want to engage with that. What is healthy sales? Well, it's serving someone because people have challenges. They have needs. They have desires. And if those needs and desires and challenges are things that uniquely match up with the product or service that you provide, you are serving that person by showing them, hey, I see the wants, needs, and challenges you're experiencing. I understand what you're going through, and we've actually built something to help serve you so that you can move forward. Sales done properly is service. Let's go to principle number two. Transactional sales focuses on what the salesperson wants and needs. Relational sales focuses on what the customer wants and needs. I'm going to challenge you, especially as we walk through the process today, you can use it either way. You can use it to serve yourself or you can use it to serve the customer. I'm going to challenge you to serve the customer with the process that we're going to talk about today. And how do you serve the customer? By making sure you're making this conversation less about you and more about them. 
Because if you're just looking for a transaction, if you're just looking to ring the bell, if you're just looking to put another check mark on the board, and you're not actually caring about how you're actually going to meet the need, solve the problem, or serve the person that you're on the phone with or talking to, it, it really represents a transaction and not a relationship. And I would argue that that's certainly not in their best interest. I don't even think it's in your best interest. Because remember, there's a difference between your current interest and your best interest oftentimes. And what I want to focus on is what's in the best interest of the customer, of you, the salesperson, and of the business as a whole. And what is that? It's a lasting, robust, healthy relationship. And so that has some implications to it. It means that we need to operate in integrity. It means that we need to tell the truth. It means that we need to be encouraging. It means that we need to commit to not being manipulative. It means that we need to look out for their best interests and work hard to serve serve them and not just serve our own ego in a narcissistic way. And so transactional sales focuses on what the salesperson wants and needs. I want to make the sale. I want to talk to you about this. I want to tell you about this product line. I want to upsell you, right? It's what I want. Rather, relational sales focuses on, tell me about you. Tell me about what you're going through. Tell me about uh, what the challenges you're facing are. Tell me about why you called and why you want to discuss this. And out of all that understanding, is there something that we do that uniquely matches up with what you're looking for? Focus on building the relationship, not just making a transaction. Final principle to highlight before we jump into the process. The best sales strategy is a product or service that effectively solves a legitimate problem. There's so much that's talked about in terms of tactics and verbal jujitsu that you can do to get people to say yes or to get people to buy. And there's all these things that you can do to overcome objections and all that. And here's the deal. If you're really, really, really struggling to get people to buy what you're selling, maybe you should look at what you're selling and say, maybe people don't actually want this. Maybe I should make it better because the best sales strategy is something that's really, really, really good. And so I don't want you to spend too much time figuring out how to convince people to do things they don't want to do. Rather, just build something really great that people actually want to take part in. You know, as I was thinking about this principle in preparation for the process episode that we're going to walk through today, I thought of a story that my friend told me about how he went and visited a Tesla show room. And he said that he showed up and someone walked up to him the minute he got there and they said, hey, how can I help you? That's a great way to start a sales conversation. How can I help you? And he said, oh, I, I've just always been interested in Tesla. I think they're pretty cool. And I was wondering what it would look like to test drive. They said, oh, we'd love you to test drive it. You got your driver's license with you? And he said, yes. And he showed it to them. He didn't fill out any paperwork, which this is pretty wild. My guess is that they can track the car and they know exactly where he is at at all times. So you probably didn't need any paperwork, right? But showed him a driver's license and, and they saw the driver's license and then they handed him the keys and they said, take it out for a few hours, just bring it back when you're done. And so he was kind of shocked. It was like, that was really easy. And so he got into the Tesla, drove it around for a couple hours and just absolutely loved it. He said he had an absolute blast. It was so fun driving around. I mean, if you've ridden in one, you know, it's just an absolutely incredible engineering feat. It's an incredible car and it's just really, 
really fun to drive. And he drove it around for a bit. And then he just a couple hours later, as they had discussed, he brought it back and walked back into the dealership. And, and the person came up to him, uh, same person, and they said, what'd you think? And he said, oh my gosh, it was so awesome. And they said, awesome, so good. Glad you enjoyed it. Do you, do you have any questions? And uh, he said, no, I don't think I have any questions. And they said, okay, well, like, is it something you're interested in acting on now? Or what would you like to do? And he said, you know, I think it's probably not in the budget right now, but I, I would like to think about it. And well, I'm seriously considering it moving forward. And they said, okay, that sounds great. Well, thanks so much for being by. And he gave him back the keys and he left. You look at that and you say, well, that doesn't feel like any experience I've ever had with a used car dealer or a car dealer ever, <laughs> right? And why is that? Because so often we look at car salespeople, and certainly they're not all like this, but a lot of times as people that get us to do things we don't want to do, that tell us information that we don't need and try and get us to make decisions out of a place of impulse and irrationality, and they're trying to twist our arms and manipulating us into doing things that may not actually be in our best interest. And so we go in with a high degree of skepticism, and then ultimately we don't trust that they're telling us everything that we need to know in order to make a full decision. Tesla was exactly the opposite. Why? Well, there's could be a lot of theories as to why, and there's probably a lot of reasons as to why. But one of the things that stands out to me is they've built a really great product. They've built like a really great product. And I think they know they've built a great product. And I know they know that a certain type of customer really loves the product that they've built. So they're not really interested in spending a ton of time convincing people that their product is great. They're going to let the product, the vehicle, sell for itself. And so they're super excited to get people in the vehicle and to answer any questions that those people might have or to provide any other information to make a buying decision. But again, the best sales strategy is a product or service that effectively solves a legitimate problem. There are challenges, needs, wants, desires, dreams that are wrapped up inside specific customers that the Tesla is uniquely equipped to solve. And the salesperson just has to connect those dots and it really doesn't take that much work or convincing or manipulation. And so remember, sales done properly is service. There's a difference between transactional sales and relational sales. And the best sales strategy is a product or service that effectively solves a legitimate problem. So I want you to keep those principles in mind as I walk you through the four steps I'm about to give you. Now, the four steps, they're incredibly simple. That doesn't mean that they're always easy to apply, but I've found that these work. If you're following these four steps, steps and you're talking to the right people and you've got a great product or service, these four steps will work in helping you convert non-customers to customers. And so as such, it, these are steps that you can use for yourself as the person that owns or runs the business. You can also transfer them to your team and play the role of leader as teacher and teach these four steps to your team because I believe that everyone is in sales. It may not be directly talking to cold prospects and turning them into warm, raving fans and customers, but it could be in different scenarios and different arenas, everyone is in sales. And so my belief is that it would benefit everyone to understand the fundamentals of these four steps. 
Four simple steps, and I would really challenge you that whether you're on the phone or whether you're meeting with someone in person or whether you're selling online, focus on walking through these steps in order. And depending on the person's personality, disposition, and temperament, you can adjust how much time you spend on each step. So I'm going to give them to you high level, and then we're going to walk through what to do in each one. Clarity, curiosity, connection, and close. Clarity curiosity, connection, and close. Let's start with clarity. Many people don't serve well, and therefore they don't sell well, because they haven't taken the time to identify specifically who they are designing their product or service to serve. And so the first step is being really clear on who is the customer that your product or service is built for. And if you don't have a really focused answer to that question that has detail to it and elaboration to it, you're going to struggle to sell consistently and effectively. And you're really going to struggle in training other people to sell well. Here's what I want you to know and remember. If you try to serve everybody, you'll end up serving nobody well, and therefore you will struggle to sell. So what do we need to do? We need to make sure before we even start having sales conversations, we say, okay, what is the problem that we're working to solve? What is the need that our product meets? What are the challenges that we help people overcome? And who are the people that have those needs, problems, and challenges? And how do we identify those people? We're getting clarity on who our customer is and how we talk to them. So here's some questions I want you to be able to answer with regard to your customer. Who are they? Number one, just generally, I'll tell you, our customer at Path for Growth is impact-driven leaders that own or run a business. And I could give you even more details on that in terms of our, our typical customer is anywhere between $2 million in annual revenue all the way up to $400 million in annual revenue. They're people that have the money, ability, desire, and need to buy the solution that your business provides. So I want you to think high level. Who is your customer? And then I want you to ask the next question. Who is the person that has the money, number one, they've got to have buying power. If they don't have buying power, you're going to really struggle to sell and therefore you won't be able to serve them. The ability, they can make a decision. The desire, so it's one thing for people to need what you sell. It's another thing for them to want what you sell. And then also the need to buy the solution that your business provides. So there's a lot wrapped into that question because you've got to get clear on what your business provides. So again, I'm going to use our business as an example. What does Path for Growth do? Well, we provide one-on-one -on -one coaching, team training, and in-person experiences that help impact-driven leaders grow their business while reducing their stress. That's what we provide. And there's already some stuff wrapped up in our customers around that. But what do we know about our customers? Well, they're impact-driven leaders. It means that they lead people, they own or run a business, and they want to grow their business while reducing their stress. That means they're invested in healthy growth and that they don't want to just grow for the sake of growth. They want to grow in such a way that their stress level actually decreases. A lot of times, one of the things that we 
find is true about our customers too, that they really resonate with the idea that faith is part of our teaching, right? Our first core value is point to Jesus. I'm a Christian. Our team is Christians. That doesn't mean that you have to be Christian to work with us. We work with a lot of people who aren't of the same faith as us, but many people that really enjoy working with us really respect the fact that we ingrain our faith into everything that we teach and do because that provides a high degree of trust. And so I want you to get really clear about who is that person for you that has the money, the ability, the desire, and the need to buy the solution that your business provides. I also want you to get clear on what is the problem that they experience. The problem that our customer experiences at Path for Growth is, man, their business grows and that's awesome, but then something is growing proportional to the rate of their business growth and that's their stress level. And they end up spending all their time putting out fires. It ends up taking out the fun of owning a business. They don't get to experience freedom. They're consistently overwhelmed and they're not making the impact on people that they really want and desire to make because they want to be a confident and strong and healthy leader. And so that's the problem that they're experiencing. And then the next question, how do you help them solve that? And it's something that we haven't talked about in depth here on the podcast yet, but we help them solve that by integrating into their business the 12 fundamentals for healthy business growth. And we give them the perspective, direction, and accountability needed to make sure that they take some of these structural things that are necessary to operationalize your business. So we distribute decision-making power. We distribute responsibility. We establish the mission and values and vision of the organization. And that enables the business to grow in such a way that their stress level actually decreases. And I'm using us as an example here, not to try and sell you right now. Although if you're interested in that, we'd love to have a conversation with you. I'm using this as an example to show you the degree of clarity that you want at this clarification stage. Now, basically everything that we're doing is not yet on the phone or in the conversation with the person that we're going to ultimately be selling to. This is the work that you do before the conversation even starts so that you have the conversation with the right person. So many people are selling to people that will never be customers. And that's because they didn't define who their customer actually is. So if you don't do this, if you don't take the time to document and then train who your customer is, what your product solves in terms of a problem or a challenge and how you communicate about it, one of two things are going to happen. You are going to waste time trying to sell things to people that aren't your customer. So you're, you're wasting your time because best case scenario is probably that they don't buy. Worst case scenario is that they do buy and they have a horrible experience because you can't serve them because your product or service wasn't built to serve them. Or number two, you're going to miss sales. Listen to me. Sales most often occur whenever you are able to speak the same language as your customer because you understand your customer. What we're really talking about here connects to the part one episode in terms of whenever we talked about qualities of an effective salesperson, we talked about empathy. Do you understand what it's like to be your customer? And if you haven't taken the time to do that, you're not going to be very good at selling to people and people are going to go right past you because they think you don't understand them. And so what do we start with? We start with clarity. Who is your customer? Who is the person that has the money, ability, desire, and need to buy the solution that your business provides? What is the problem that they experience? And then how does your business help the customer solve that problem? We start with clarity. And it's out of clarity that we're then able to move to curiosity. 
Okay, so the next step is you're going to end up on the phone or in a conversation with someone that you look at and you say, oh my gosh, this person, it's clear that they line up with the type of people that I want to talk to. It's clear that this person has the problems, the challenges, the wants, the needs, the money, the desire to potentially be a customer. And right now they're not a customer, they're a prospect, but I think they line up with the type of person that we could serve really well. And that's what I really want you to do. Whenever you have a lead come through online, whenever you have someone call you, whenever you have meet someone in person, I want you to first evaluate, okay, is this the type of person that could actually be a really solid customer? And if the answer is yes, ding, ding, game on, we move to the curiosity stage. Now, here's where people often screw up. They get so excited and they say, oh my gosh, this is a potential customer. I'm so excited. I'm going to tell them about everything that we do. Eh wrong. Do not do that because what you're doing there is you are being an egotistical, narcissistic salesperson that is way more focused on what you do than what the customer actually wants and needs. And so what do we have to start with? If you're going to be someone that engages in curiosity as step two, you have to start with humility. What is humility? Humility is to have an accurate viewpoint of oneself. What is accurate? You don't understand. You have no clue what this person is going through, what it feels like to be them, what their challenges are, what they're experiencing. You may have some theories, but ultimately you just met this person. You just got on the phone with this person. And so the salespeople that fail are the ones that get on the phone and they do one critical thing wrong. They make a bunch of assumptions. They say, oh, I've got this person figured out. I get it. So instead of asking questions, I'm going to make assertions. What have we taught before on this podcast? Good leaders give answers to people. Great answers extract answers from people. People want to be heard. And so your job in the curiosity stage is to extract answers from them. It's to understand what it's like to be in their shoes. It's to get a picture on the blank canvas that's in your mind of what they're actually going through right now as it relates to your product or service. So I want you to ask a lot of questions. What made you reach out today to want to talk? What are you looking for? Why are you looking for this right now? What's the challenge that you're feeling? And try and empathize with them and talk with them about that and maybe talk to them about, depending on the context, how does that challenge make them feel? What's the type of solution that they're interested in? What's the research that they've done? What questions do they have? What's the problem they're trying to solve? What is something that they don't yet understand? What's something that you can help clarify? Remember this, the goal of the curiosity stage is not for you to understand. Now, that may be a little bit mind-blowing to people, and this was a little bit mind-blowing to me whenever I first learned this, right? The goal of the curiosity stage of selling is not for you to understand. What is the goal? The goal is for them, being the prospective customer, to understand that you understand. And so if you actually do get it, but they don't get that you get it, you failed as a salesperson. Certainly you failed to sell in a healthy way because what we want to do is we want them to understand that we understand. And so we want to ask them a bunch of questions to make them know that they're heard, they're listened to, their perspective is valid and valuable, that we get what they're walking through, that we understand what it's like to be in their shoes because who's going to be the person that they trust trust most to help them solve the problem that they are currently facing, the person that they think understands the problem. 
ask so many questions and resist the urge to talk about your product or service or even ask a bunch of questions as it relates to your product or service. Now, obviously, there's going to be differences in terms of how you walk through this with regard to the product or service that you're selling and with regard to the personality disposition or temperament. But I will tell you, you will never go wrong erring on the side of curiosity and working hard to understand what it's like to be the customer. Because what is this actually doing. It's an exercise in actually caring. And so what we're focusing on here is caring about the person as a person, not as a transaction, caring about the relationship so that we can see if our puzzle piece fits their puzzle piece. That's what sales is like, right? They've got this open puzzle piece and we want to understand what the opening of the puzzle piece is like to see if what we provide fits in snug with what they want or need. But remember, the goal of the curiosity section is for them to understand that you understand. We're going to start with clarity. Who's our customer? Then we're going to move to curiosity. Whenever we interact with them, whenever we engage with them, we're not going to start by making assertions. We're going to start by asking a lot of really solid, curious questions. And remember this, the quality of your sales conversations will never exceed the quality of your questions. And so I want you to be ready with a lot of really great questions. And I want you not just to ask the initial questions. I want you to ask follow-up questions because that's what it looks like to listen well. Hey, real quick, before we move on from the curiosity stage, we actually recorded a whole episode that trains our coaches on how to practice curiosity. And so you can go back in the show notes of this episode or just go back in the podcast feed and look at that episode. It's the second quality of effective coaching and it's titled Curiosity. So if you're more interested in how to practice that and how we train that at Path for Growth, you can check that out at an earlier episode in the podcast. Start with clarity, move to curiosity, third step, connection. So now what we're going to do is once we've asked plenty of questions, once they understand that we understand, now we want to connect the solutions that your product offers to the problems and challenges that they experience. Here's what I want you to know. When salespeople do this step well, it's characterized by simplicity. Here's what the amateur salesperson does. They ask questions in the curiosity stage, and then instead of offering a really simple connection, they say, okay, now that I've heard about you, now let me tell you everything about us. Wrong. I keep using the buzzer sound because this stuff really ticks me off, right? It's not good sales. It's not a good practice. It's not in their best interest. It's also not in your best interest. It's just cluttered, disorganized, amateur work. So what does a professional do? They simplify. They say, I don't need to tell you everything about what we do. I want to tell you about the specific things that we do that connect directly to everything that you just told me about. Here's the deal. We weren't just doing the curiosity section to make that person feel good. If it does make them feel good, that's awesome. But that really what it was is it was research, right? And we're doing research to say, okay, what is everything that this person's going through? We're going to ask a bunch of great questions. We're going to assume we don't understand because then we have a list of all the problems they're facing. And if you're a smart salesperson, you're taking notes that they're saying all all that. And then you say, okay, so now I've got to make a case for how everything they're experiencing using their language, 
how what we do connects to what they're facing. And so many people, it's like in, in our world, right? It's like you, you ask curious questions and someone says, man, you know, I think the issue isn't that I, I don't know what to do. I think I've got the information and I've read more books than I can count. I've listened to all the podcasts and everything. I think I just need to be better at taking action, right? And I think I just need to have a more consistent plan and, and I just need to start moving forward and have some accountability moving forward. So if someone says that in the curiosity section and then a salesperson is on the phone with them and the salesperson, as they move to the connection section says, okay, now let me tell you about all the fundamentals lessons that we have. We've got so much content for you to go through. It's just such a valuable resource. You've got hours and hours of content that you can listen to, that you can watch to make sure that you've got all the best information on how to grow your business on a healthy way. Is that person going to make a sale? No. Why is that person not going to make a sale? because they're literally trying to sell what the person already said they do not need. And so all those things may even be true. It's just not what the person actually wants or needs. And so you failed. Now, what would an effective salesperson do? And this is what our path for growth coaches will do if you're on a sales call with them is they listen to what the person said in the curiosity section. The person said, man, I think I've got all the information. I think I just need to take action and, and I need to start moving forward and I need to have accountability. And so the coach would say, okay, well, what I hear you saying whenever we you know, walk through all those questions earlier is I, I hear you saying like the difference between you failing and you succeeding is not information. The difference maker is implementation. Is that right? And they'll probably say, yeah, you nailed it. That's right. So they feel heard. They feel understood, right? And then you say, okay, well, that's really why we designed one-on-one -on -one coaching around specific, intentional, deliberate accountability. And so we've got an app where we upload action items that you and your coach both have visibility into with due dates. And so your coaching calls are formatted around what are the priorities that are most important for you in this season to move the business forward? Because many of those things you already know. And then how do we create an executable, actionable plan? And then your coach is going to touch base with you every Monday on every monthly coaching call. And as you finish those actions or don't finish those actions to make sure you're staying on track with the plan that you laid out. That person going to make a sale? I'd probably say yes. And those people do make sales, right? That's often how we do it. And, and so, the, the other piece about all the content, it's not that it wasn't true. It was true. We do have a ton of content in the Path for Growth membership. That specific solution just didn't connect with the need or problem that the person was facing. And so you want to listen to what is the need, what is the problem, what is the challenge. That's the purpose of curiosity. And then you want to connect, how does your product or service meet that specific need or challenge? And, you know, obviously it really helps to work with your team on identifying what are the needs, challenges, problems, all of that that we identified with our customer. And then how do we position our products to actually serve and meet those needs? As it relates to connection, what do great salespeople do? Number one, they highlight the way the product connects to the customer's specific wants, needs, problems, and desires. And I gave you an example. It was kind of a brief example, but the, the customer probably said three to four things that they want, need, and desire. And so you want to make sure you show all the ways that the product or service connects to those needs, wants, desires. What else do effective salespeople do in the connection stage? They tell success stories. 
I want you to think of specific customers that you've worked with in the past that aren't just like your standard go-to success stories that don't in any way relate to the customer that you're currently working with. I want you to think in your head, okay, who is someone that we've worked with before that is a lot like or similar to, or could empathize a lot with the person that I'm currently talking to and what did they do and how did that create success for them? Because if you tell that story, a lot of times that serves as proof and it gives you as a salesperson credibility. Like I'm not just blowing smoke. We've had someone that came to us, maybe they were in your industry or maybe they had the same problem as you, or maybe they had the same challenge as you. Maybe they had the same desire as you and they came to us and on the phone, you know, I talked to them a little bit. I asked them questions just like I asked you and and then they decided to move forward. We did X, Y, Z. And then today, man, they're just a raving fan of everything that we do. And they've just had such great success and paint a picture of what success looks like. Tell stories. People forget information. They remember stories. What else do great salespeople do? They focus more on benefits rather than features. Turns out your business cares about features. Your customer cares about benefits. And so, so often salespeople get bogged down in telling all the details of the process of what's going to get them what they actually want. And in reality, you should spend less time telling them about that and you should tell them more about what they actually want and what you can provide that's like it. Focus less on features, focus more on benefits, And then finally, meet the needs of their customer's specific personality disposition. So you'll get, if you use the DISC method or if you use the Enneagram, right, you'll you'll talk to some people that it's like, oh man, this person's clearly an eight on the Enneagram or they're a high D on the DISC, right? And that person's going to give you yes or no answers in the curiosity section. And they like really just want the information that they need to make a decision. You can talk to that person very directly and that phone call could have been scheduled for 30 minutes and you might be able to walk through all these steps in less than 10 minutes. And you got to be a good salesperson to recognize, okay, is this person just shy and being quiet or are they direct and I need to just stop talking and they want to make a decision. And so that takes some wisdom, right? What is wisdom? Competence with regard to the realities of life, right? Take some wisdom to understand, okay, what type of person am I working with here, right? Or you'll maybe end up with a seven on the Enneagram or a high eye on the disc, right? And that person just wants to go on and on and on and they just want talk and the phone call is like a party, right? Because everything's a party. And and it's like, okay, well, I I want to meet that person's need because they're going to have a lot of questions. They're going to want to connect really relationally. And that's the time where it's like, I had a sales call that was scheduled for 30 minutes and ended up lasting an hour 15, right? And, And so you need to get good at meeting the needs of your customer's specific personality disposition. And it takes a little bit of time to understand how to read people in that regard. So we started with clarity. Know who your customer is and make sure you're talking to prospective customers. Then whenever you interact with them, start with curiosity. Then connection, show how what you do connects to what they want. And then finally, the close. Unconfident, amateur, ineffective salespeople don't have the guts to ask for people to make a decision. There is nothing wrong if your product or service is good for asking people, would you like to buy this? And what I want you to remember is what's the worst that can happen? They say no. And here's what I want you to know. That will happen. There will be times where you talk to someone and man, they may even be what you think is a perfect fit and they will say no. That doesn't mean you're a bad salesperson automatically. That just means that this is life, 
right? You're not going to sell 100%. And if you are selling 100%, I would say that you're probably not talking to enough people because you need to be stretching yourself more. There will be people that say no. So set your expectation for that and just know that it's not actually that risky to, to ask for the close. Now, you shouldn't do this until you actually understand what they're going through until you've walked through the first three steps. But eventually, you need to have the guts to say, would you like to buy, right? And, you know, it's kind of like dating, right? It's like, uh, th- there's so much with regard to the dating world right now that people, I-, I talked to someone the other day, they were like, oh my gosh, I went on three dates with this person and I didn't even know they were dates because no one clarified what the start thing was and where things ended and what boundaries were and all of that because we lack a sense of confidence and assertiveness. No good, right? Be clear, be direct, be deliberate. Would you like to buy? Would you like to move forward? Can we make a decision on this today? Those are all good questions to ask once you have the information that you need and you think they have the information that they need. I would also even go so far to say is that assertions that are true are helpful. And so if this is true, there's nothing wrong with you saying, I think it would be wise for you to move forward. I have zero problem whenever I get on the phone with a business owner or into a conversation with a business owner. I did this the other day with someone. They were telling me how, man, I just really struggle with discipline and I don't have any personal habits. And then because I don't have any personal habits, my business is disorganized and chaotic. And I just looked at them dead in the eye. And then after we had talked for a little bit, I just said, I think it would be really wise for you to work with one of our one-on-one coaches. I have no problem saying that because it's true, right? I think it would be wise and I think it would be healthy and I think it would be smart. It's still their decision whether or not they want to do it or not, but I have no problem telling them what I think is wise. And so remember that assertions that are true are helpful. Now, oftentimes, especially on higher price point items, whenever you ask someone, would you like to buy? Would you like to make a decision today? Or, hey, I think it would be wise to move forward. A lot of times, if it's a higher price point item, which honestly, is a lot of what we sell. People say, okay, I want to think about this or I want to talk to my spouse about this. I want to talk to my team about this. <laughs> Here's the deal. There, I've literally read a sales handbook that says don't allow people to talk to their spouse. That it, Personally, for me, I think that's disgusting. I think that is awful because it lacks such integrity. If someone's making a big investment, they should want to talk to their spouse. And honestly, it just gets me so mad that people are training salespeople to say, that's a delay tactic. Make sure they're not allowed to talk to their wife or husband. Make sure they just make a decision today. Man, just no good. So don't listen to that guy, right? But here's what you can do. If someone says, hey, I'd like to talk to my spouse or I'd like to talk to my team or I'd like to think on this a little bit, a couple things you can do. Number one, you can say, hey, that's great. I think you should do that. I think that's really wise. We've got a couple people that have had a really great experience with the product or service that you're interested in. And they actually, I think, would really relate to the questions that you're asking right now. Could I have one of them reach out to you? Or could I share your contact with them and use them as a referral? Or would you like me to email over some of that referral information? So again, just providing some referrals, that's totally good to do in that in-between time. Here's what else you should do if they request some time to think or to talk it over with someone. 
what else can I do to help you make a decision? Is there any other information that you need from me? Can I summarize what we talked about today in an email? Can I get you any other information or recordings or a sample of what we do? We invite people to attend workshops or office hours that we do within our membership so they can see what it's like, right? But we want to make sure that on our side of things, we're serving them well by providing them with everything they need to make an educated decision. And then finally, when would it be helpful for me to reach out next? And that's a great way to phrase that question. When would it be helpful? So, okay, I totally understand you want to talk with your spouse. I think that that's wise. Could I reach out next week? Would that be helpful? And we can discuss kind of what your decision is then. So instead of just making this, putting it on them to get back to you, you're saying, let's establish a date for when I can commit to getting back to you so that we can make sure that we have a decision. Because indecision is something that a lot of people engage in as it relates to buying, right? And it's not helpful for them and it's also not helpful for you. So helping people get what they need to make a decision is good and you do that in the close stage. So let's review the four steps. Number one, clarity. Know who your customer is, know what they want, they need, they desire, know their challenges and their problems. Be as specific and clear as you can. Number two, when you engage with one of those prospective customers, start with curiosity. Ask a bunch of questions. And the goal is not for you to understand. The goal is for them to understand that you understand. Then connection, and finally, we move to the close. Y'all, I truly believe that if you follow these steps, this is what it takes to really walk through an effective sales process. And I'm so excited for you to now have this process because I've seen how it can result in someone that grows their business while reducing their stress. Hey, one more thing before we go. If you like this content, we send out written content every single week in an email we call Worth It Wednesday. I think most email isn't worth it, so we send out one email a week that is. We'll send you a principal worth learning, a question worth answering, a recommendation worth taking. You can sign up for that by clicking the link that's in the show notes or going to pathforgrowth.com. Y'all know this. We're rooting for you. We want to see you win. Remember, my strength is not for me. Your strength is not for you. Our strength is for service. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.